It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Brandon Phoenix, and I'm on the mic by myself. I am part of the Raspy Voice Kids. You are tuning into the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. And I just want you guys to know that we are all in an abusive relationship. The way I know is because of how y'all act. And it hurts my heart. We're going to get into it. Raspy Voice! Hey there, folks. This is Justin Hiles of the Viva La Cats podcast, which is now proudly presented by the Big 12's premier podcasting group, the 1012 Network. My co-host Steve and I cover all the ins and outs of Cincinnati football and basketball, for better or for worse. We release a new episode every single week, sometimes with guests, sometimes it's just the two of us kicking back talking Bearcats. So if you like raw emotion and heavy recency bias, we are definitely victims of that. It clouds our conscious, and it should cloud yours too. We also have an every once in a while Twitter Spaces post-game review on our page at Pod on Twitter, where we invite all of our friends and enemies to discuss everything that we just witnessed minutes prior. If you like your podcast with a laid-back environment, way too serious about stupid ideas, the deepest of stat pools, or just straight-up white noise, then you've come to your one-stop shop for everything Bearcats. Viva the Cats. This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle Vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen. A small, local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the Marshmallow Couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your Marshmallow Couch and other sweet treats at modernappalachiankitchen.com. We are part of the 1012 Patreon. Please be a part of our 1012 Patreon where you can get behind the scenes information, show 
participation in other things, it is www.patreon.com slash 1012 network. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting the Raspy Voice Kids. Like I said, it's Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Nobody is joining me. I'm rolling solo tonight, all by my lonesome, all by myself. You guys watched the same game that I watched. What did you think? How did y'all feel? We talked a little bit about it on Twitter, but the West Virginia Mountaineers leave Orlando with the score 41-28 to over the Central Florida Golden Knights. The UCF Knights, for those of us who are trying to be nice to our to our foe today. The UCF Knights fall to the Mountaineers, 41-28. West Virginia wins by at least two touchdowns, as predicted in the Why We Hate conversation, but not predicted anywhere else because I really did not think we were going to win. The Mountaineers do the thing. Neil Brown, in my estimation, called the best game that he's called all season long. Maybe the best play calling of his tenure in Morgantown. That was the Neil Brown we were expecting when he came to Morgantown as far as play calling is concerned. And that's the kind of Neil Brown that we can fall in love with. The trouble is, you don't know what you're going to get. What I said and I alluded to in the prelude, in the intro to this podcast is that we are in an abusive relationship. Well, what do I mean? Well, we have such short memories. That's a great thing if you're a toddler. It's a great thing if you're a quarterback. But sometimes it's dangerous, even hurtful, if you're in a relationship. It's dangerous, even hurtful, if you're a fan of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Because the problem is, you get your hopes up From so little. It takes so little for us to get our hopes up. The Mountaineers go to Central Florida. They go into Orlando. And they beat the Golden Knights. Should we be excited? I don't think so. Should we be happy we won? Yes, we should be happy we won. And like Jeremy keeps saying, this is not being great. We are not grading Neil Brown or these Mountaineers on anything but pass or fail from here on out. And today they passed. So we should be happy. We should celebrate the win. Have a drink. If that's what you like to do, drink your drink. If you like to scream and shout, scream and shout. If you like to get on Twitter and make fun of the other team, make fun of the other team. Do whatever it is you like to do to celebrate. Go out and celebrate within reason. And of course, do so responsibly and safely. But I don't think that's the same as getting your hopes up or being excited about what the future holds. Because, because, 
Do you remember when we were four and one and our only loss was to a top 10 team in Penn State? How many of us started counting the wins to Oklahoma? How many of us started projecting that we'd be seven and one, eight and one when we played Oklahoma? How many of us suggested that it was possible, theoretically plausible, that we could end up in the Big 12 championship with just the right bounces and just the right amount of luck? How many of us penciled in wins against Houston and Oklahoma State? And we were buoyed, our hopes were buoyed by the ESPN FPI and by the Las Vegas odds. Only to have those hopes crashed and dashed and our feelings hurt and our anger raised because of the outcomes of those games. See, what I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I am trying to rein you in. Be excited, be happy about the win, but don't be excited about the prospects. Take each game for what it is. This is a day to celebrate. We won. And somebody pointed out to me something that I can definitely get on board with. Every road win in a Power 5 conference is a reason to be happy. Every road win in a Power 5 conference is a good win. The opponent may not be good, but the circumstances are. The fact of the matter is, Houston, UCF, BYU, and Cincinnati are G5 teams. They are group of five teams still. We remember what that is. Because not long ago, even though we were Power 5, we weren't built like we needed to be built for the Big 12 when we had Geno and Stedman and Tavon. So we could run like a racehorse, but we didn't have any defense. We lacked the ability in the trenches to control games and to run clock and to stop the other team. So we started out 5-0, beating Texas and Austin. And then we finished the season 7-6 and six with an embarrassing loss in the pinstripe bowl, regardless of the firepower that we possessed. We weren't ready for big boy football yet. Not at the highest levels. Houston, they're not ready and we lost to them. UCF is not ready. They lost four games in conference, now five games in conference. We beat them. BYU is not ready. Cincinnati's not ready. Those teams have not won in the Big 12 yet. They've come close, a couple of them. But they're not ready. There's a difference in this. So while we call it a good win because it's on the road and it's power five, we need to look at it for what it is. And we need to be honest about what that is. And we need to not give Neil Brown and company more credit than they deserve. They passed the test. We put a check in the box. We move on to the next week. That's how I feel. Because it's an abusive relationship, we have a short memory, and all we think about is, well, it feels good. See, in an abusive relationship, when you're dating somebody and they treat you bad, you only remember the good times. You remember how they make you feel in the good sense, in a good light, in the positive emotion, the endorphins that they release for you. That's why you keep going back. Anybody who's had a toxic relationship can tell you that's why you keep going back. You don't think about the bad times. You're not there for the bad times. You're there for the good times. You're there for the good moments, the good memories, the endorphins, the excitement, the love, which is why we are Mountaineer fans. We remember singing Country Roads. We remember singing Sweet Caroline, the Mountaineer way. 
We remember rushing the field in 2003, getting pepper sprayed. We remember tearing down goalposts against Miami. We remember the good times. We remember winning BCS Bowls. We remember being 4-1. and one. We so quickly forget the down times and the times our hearts been ripped out, which makes us go running back to the toxicity. And I'm not telling you to run away. No, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm, I'll never tell you to run away from the Mountaineer Nation because I am Mountaineer Nation. I'll never run away from Mountaineer Nation. I'm in it forever. I can't. Somebody said on Twitter that they were done rooting for West Virginia. Somebody else said that they were rooting against West Virginia because they want Neil fired. I think Neil deserves to be fired. I will never root against us. I can't do it. I can't do it. I will never do it. I will never not be there on Saturday rooting for our team. I will never not be that person. What I am telling you, though, is keep your guard up. Keep your heart three stacks. That's what I'm saying. Keep your heart. Play your part. Play your part. Sweet Jones. Anybody who gets that reference, get at me. But anyway, that's all I'm saying. Protect your heart. Don't get overly excited. Be happy about this win. Be cautiously optimistic if you must. Just don't get too, too excited. We can go through and look at what we did today. Garrett Green was 14 of 23 for 156 yards. Most importantly, no interceptions. The running game was on fire. C.J. Donaldson had 17 carries for 121 yards, averaging 7.1 yards a carry, and he had a touchdown. Jaheim White. Now, Jaheim White, true freshman. I saw him. He jumped off the screen to me in the spring game, and there were people who called me ridiculous for saying that I thought he would be a dude just from watching the spring game but to me, players pop. They jump off the screen at you when they have it. Jaheim White has it. And he jumped off the screen at me in that spring game. He was averaging 7.4 yards per carry coming into this game. Now, he only had 25 carries for the season. But today, he had nine carries for 85 yards, averaging 9.4 yards per carry. And he had a touchdown. Garrett Green did his thing. 11 carries, 55 yards, 5 yards per carry three total touchdowns. The big thing with that is the last time a quarterback had three touchdowns in a game. Can you remember? Do you remember who it was? Not a hard guess. Pee Weezy, Pat White, Chief. That's the last time we had a quarterback rush for three touchdowns in a game. Kind of hard to believe, though, because I would have guessed that Skylar Howard would have done that at some point. Evidently not. Justin Johnson only had seven carries. Rodney Gallagher had three. It was nice to see Rodney Gallagher getting some touches today. Um, I'm not super, like, I don't feel like Rodney Gallagher needs to get the ball as much as they're talking about, but Neil Brown and Chad Scott have been talking about him getting the ball, so he must be impressing in practice. Jaheim White, on the other hand, needs the ball. That dude needs the ball. I mean, averaging 9.4 yards per carry against a Power 5 opponent, that's impressive. 7.4 yards per carry, that's impressive by itself. That dude needs the ball. He makes people miss. He's shifty, he seems to have good vision, and he just has it. He just has it. He does what you want a running back to do when he's on the ground. When he's, or when he, you know, before, not by not going on the ground. He doesn't let people get him on the ground. He seems to be an excellent back. I don't know how well he does in pass protection. I don't know how well he does with his assignments. So I'm not pretending like I'm in practice or like I'm not acting like I've watched the all 22 when I've seen film and I know 
you know, all the ins and outs about what he's doing or not doing. I'm just telling you, my eyes tell me that guy's a guy. He's a dude. He's somebody who needs to touch the ball. And hopefully going forward, he will tote the rock more and more and more because he can play. Uh, as far as receivers go, Carter, three catches for 47 yards. The problem with him is he had two drops on third down again. Somebody compared Devin Carter to Kevin White, and I think it has to do with the hair and the, and the build. He's not Kevin White. He's not even close to Kevin White. Please don't ever fix your mouth and mention, mention Devin Carter with Kevin White in the same breath again. I don't know what it is about our receivers. This is not a new problem. Uh, Preston Fox doesn't seem to have this problem, but the rest of them struggle with this, it seems like. And I haven't gone through the data, so maybe it's just, maybe it's just a Devin Carter problem at the moment. But drops. You got to catch the ball, especially in critical situations like third downs. And hopefully he'll come around because it really didn't hurt us today. Um, and hopefully he'll figure it out. Hopefully he doesn't lose confidence. And hopefully Garrett Green and the coaching staff don't lose confidence in him going forward. And they can figure it out because the guy is talented. He's physically gifted. So we'll see what happens. Defensively, uh, Wilson led the team with six tackles. Koba had five, three assisted, one sack, a big sack that led to a fumble that was recovered by Jalen Thornton. Can I just say, I love watching Jalen Thornton on that field, number 97. I love seeing him because it reminds me of his dad being on the field, John Thornton. John Thornton, friend of the show, been on this show. But I just remember him playing in the old Golden Blue. And seeing that legacy continue with the Thornton on the, on the field yet again, super impressive, very excited for that family. Glad to have that family be a part of Mountaineer history. Uh, just makes me glad. So shout out to Jalen Thornton. Shout out to John Thornton. I feel like defensively, though, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Beanie Bishop. Obviously, two interceptions today, four tackles. Uh, Beanie Bishop, that dude's one of the best in the nation at breaking up passes. He's not the greatest defensive back we've ever had, but he just seems to be in the right place at the right time, and he's making plays. And he made those plays today. One, when the receivers fell down, but it doesn't matter because guess what? He was there on the spot in position to make a play. JRP, John Rice Plumley, did not play very well today. I raised the question, who's worse, him or Phil Jerkovic? Jerkovic, Jerkovic, however you say his name. Unfair. JRP is significantly better than Jerkovic. Um, but Beanie Bishop made him pay. That first interception, let's be real. Beanie Bishop was beat. The ball was a bad throw. The receiver stopped to make the catch. Doesn't catch it. It's on the receiver, to be honest, because he should have caught it. The ball gets kicked in the air. Beanie Bishop picks it off. And we can say he was beat. You can make complaints about the coverage. What I know is that, once again, when he was in position to make a play, Beanie Bishop made the play. The dude is a ball hawk. Two interceptions today for Beanie Bishop. Shout to number 11. Glad that he went out and he did his thing today. We needed it. Because we had four turnovers, and we still only won 41 to 28. So those, each one of those actually mattered. It made a big difference. So that's good looks. Good looks from this team. Uh, good looks 
like I said, from Neil Brown, I felt like that was the best play calling that I've seen out of him in a long time. I would say definitely all season long. Um, if you're wondering, by the way, where Jeremy is, Jeremy went to Wake Forest, Florida State today. Jeremy is just a college football junkie, and he does college football tours. He will go to pretty much any game that he can, and he got tickets to Florida State, Wake Forest. Uh, worked out for him to go, so he went down to North Carolina, checked that. He caught that game, so he's not here to record, so it's just me flying solo today. This is Brandon Phoenix once again, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. You are listening to the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. Um, Let's look at the schedule now. Why don't we check out the West Virginia schedule for the rest of the way? And in fact, why don't we look at the ESPN FPI? Because, and the thing is, I don't give too much credit or credence to the ESPN FPI because if you look at it, we've been predicted to win games that we lose. We've been predicted to lose games that we win. We were supposed to lose this game according to Vegas and according to ESPN FPI. But what happened? West Virginia wins. So do we care about FPI? No, not really. But it is interesting to see what it has to say. Um, what? Hold on. Uh, let's see. Oh, do they have it on here? I'm looking. I don't know if they have the FP. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. So our next game is BYU on Saturday, November the 4th. BYU is currently 5-2, and two, but they will be um, they will be worse than that because they're about to lose to Texas. And they're going to be faced. They're coming to Morgantown. They're down 28-6 to six right now as I speak. So they're, they're not going to win that game. They're going to be 5-3 and three like us. So it'll be battle of 5-3 and three versus 5-3. and three. They're led by Keaton Slovis. If you remember that name or you think it sounds familiar, that's because it is. Keaton Slovis was the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Panthers last year, ESP. When, they, when we went into Pitt last year, played at Acrisure Stadium, and before at the pep rally, he said an expletive about WVU. So we can't let him forget that when he comes to Morgantown. We need to give him a warm, warm welcome and make sure he knows that we have not forgotten his unappreciated words. So Keaton Slovis, he comes in. Um, he comes in, but the matchup predictor says that we have a 66.7% chance of winning. And I believe that because, again, I don't think BYU is built for the Big 12 yet. They're not ready yet. Things get weird after dark for BYU. If you listen to the 1012 Network, shout out to Philip Slavin and the rest of them over there, Andy Mitz, Jay Styes, the Vibe Queen. They will talk about often how BYU is a different team after dark. I don't think this game will kick off after dark. I got a feeling it's going to be another noon kickoff right now. It's to be determined. But I would guess we beat BYU. You can't guarantee anything. You just have to wait and see. Um. That's November the 4th. Then, excuse me. 
Let me see. Then on November the 11th, we have OU. We are definitely predicted to lose that game. Um, let's see what the FPI predicts for the OU game. Why is it not showing me the FPI? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You guys, I'm doing a terrible job right now. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. FPI gives Oklahoma a 94.8% chance to beat us. So, again, this is like the leave no doubt game. They're going to pick the wrong day to play the old golden blue. This is what we can hope for. Because they're basically saying we have no chance. But you got to remember... Kansas didn't have much of a chance today. They beat Oklahoma. Now, by the same token, they beat Oklahoma in Lawrence. We have to play them in Norman. So, we'll see. But where there's a will, there's a way. I think we have a chance. I don't trust Dylan Gabriel. I don't think he's a great quarterback. He had a nice drive and played a good game against Texas. I don't love Dylan Gabriel, and I don't love Brent Venables as a coach. And it'd be really nice... If we could beat them on their way into the SEC, out of the Big 12 and into the SEC, I'm tired of hearing them talk about how they carried the Big 12. It'd be really nice if we could make sure they don't make the Big 12 championship. So, yeah. We'll have to wait for that one. Then on the 18th, it's Cincinnati and West Virginia. This game's a little closer, but it gives us a 55.8% chance to win that game. I predicted before the season started that we would win. Then I went on a Cincinnati podcast. Viva La Cats pod, and I said that Cincinnati would win. I have changed my opinion. I believe we win that game now. I think we're better than Cincinnati. Satterfield's not a good coach. I think that was a poor hire. I think it really set them back, and I think we get the win, barring any catastrophic injuries or anything crazy like that. Doug Nestor getting hurt today does not help. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him. Hopefully, he'll be okay. And then we finish the season on the 25th with a 57.4% chance to beat Baylor. So, we're only, we're only expected to lose one more game. We have a shot at finishing, finishing the season 8-4. and four. We could finish the season, of course, 9-3 and three if we run the table. If we, if we finish 9-3, and three, I'll be ecstatic. Then you will see me excited. 9-3 and three would be a really, really nice season. Even though 10 wins was within our grasp, it was there for the taking. 9-3 and three would be a good season. Nobody expected that before the season. Nobody, especially not me, especially not me. I would eat crow and I would be happy to do so. Put a little Franks on it and I'll be straight. But that's what we got. That's where we are. That's how this day unfolds. I'm going back to watching college football because I'm done recording. Please enjoy the show. Like, listen, rate, review, subscribe. The more you do that, the more people get to hear our show. We're very grateful for every time you do that. And please check out our Patreon with 1012 Network, 1012 Patreon. We appreciate that as well. You guys are the best. Seriously, we are very grateful that you listen to our show. And we will check you out. Get at us. Love us. Because we love you.
Social Podcast Network.